Welcome to episode 29 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, short and sweet, the children and backpacking episode. We have the top five outdoor skills every child should know. Then we review a backpacking essential that will last your kids from ages 10 to 18. For the backpack hack of the week, we'll share our recipe for the number one kid-requested trail energy bar, and we'll leave you with a little trail wisdom and some dates to put in your calendar. All this, and that's about it, today on The First 40 Miles. So today's episode is all about backpacking with kids. We've got four of them ourselves, and we take them out on our backpacking trips with varying degrees of success, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes it's a spectacular failure, and other times it's just an amazing experience, a wonderful success. Well, we thought we'd ask our kids, from their perspective, what makes a great backpacking trip? I'm 10 years old. And what makes backpacking trips fun is bringing the hammock. And the hammock, we always sleep in it because on the top you can cover it up and bugs won't get in. And we swing in it because it can hold a lot of weight. I also like M&Ms, like the almond M&Ms because those you can bring and they taste really good. They taste better than real M&M's, the average ones. And I like bringing the Crazy Creek chairs because they're really comfortable. And one time when I went on a trip, I forgot to wear my sleeping bag. So all I had was the Crazy Creek and it was really comfortable. I'm 15 years old. And what makes a backpacking trip fun for me is when my parents ask what food we should bring because then I can be excited for the foods that I know we're going to eat on the trip. Another thing I like is when they tell us how far we are on the trail and how close we are to our destination. I'm seven years old. What makes backpacking most fun? is burping outside because we can't burp inside. (laughs) And I also like looking at the map so I can see how far we are. And also like the hammock because we can do 360s in it. Uh, I also like using my hiking pole because I like green and it's green and it's easier to hike with hiking with my hiking pole. I'm 12 years old and what I like most about backpacking is being able to hike ahead of everybody and just leave them really far behind and Another thing I like about backpacking is trying to identify the mushrooms that I see on the trail, if I see mushrooms. 
And the next thing I like to do while backpacking is light a bunch of stuff on fire because it's fun watching things burn because they just like go away when you burn them. Majestically. It's a wrap. Anyone have anything else they want to add at the end? Well, there you have it. If you want to get your kids out backpacking and you want them to have a good time, you might as well just follow the advice of our kids and not our advice necessarily, <laughs> because we know what makes for a good backpacking trip for us. But you heard it straight from them, what they like when they're out backpacking. So keep it in mind as you uh, take your kids out there. Well, as we were prepping for our first family backpacking trip last year, I did a lot of prepping and shopping and I tried to figure out what would work for our kids in terms of clothing. And one of the tricky things was finding base layers for our children. Yeah, we talked about some of these challenges back in episode nine, where it, boy, it was so difficult to find clothing that was kid size that really met the technical requirements, you know, that it was uh, warm and breathable and um, odor free. <laughs> so it, it was a real challenge. And so if you want to hear that discussion, go back to episode nine. Well, I knew that the base layers that we purchased for our kids were only a temporary fix. I bought adult small base layers. They were just kind of a polyester with a brushed fleece inside. So they didn't have any odor control. I knew they were going to, you know, move moisture and they were going to be fine as far as wicking capabilities, but they were kind of saggy on the kids. They weren't tight fitting like base layers are supposed to be. We had to roll up sleeves and pant legs and I yeah, <laughs> not the best fit. Yeah, but it was a good stopgap. But I did a little bit more research and found some base layers for kids that I think are a really great bargain that are really just, they have all the features that you want in a base layer. So these are the Terramar Sports Kids Base Layers. They have several different base layers to choose from that are kids' sizes, but the one that we felt really fit all of our checkboxes for base layers was the Microthermal Dual Layer Polyester Base Layer. And it's kind of their mid-range warmth factor, so it's meant for shoulder season backpacking, and you could take it on summer trips as well. But these have all of the features that we were looking for, plus they're a great price. These base layers are quick dry, they're mid-weight, which is the most versatile weight. They have two layers that trap air. They are wicking, so they move the moisture away from your body. They have odor control, and you can get a pair for about $40. So $20 for the top, $20 for the pants. They come in five different sizes, so they'll fit from size four to about 18. They also have a couple other kids' base layers that are a little more expensive. They have Climasense kids' base layers, and these have just more stretch to them. They have about 14% spandex. And then they also have Thermosilk, which are more lightweight, great for summertime camping. And those are about in the $30 to $35 range. Yeah, per piece. Per piece. So you're looking at $60 to $70 for a full set, top and bottom. Well, if you want to do your own research on the kids' base layers, you can go to terramarsports.com, and we will have the link in the show notes. It's spelled T-E-R-R-A-M-A-R sports.com. Today's top five list is the top five outdoor skills that every child should know. Well, when I was a kid, I know one of the outdoor skills they really pushed was, if you're ever lost, hug a tree. 
But I think this world is really changing, and I think we need to teach our children principles that will help them to make it a great experience and to keep them safe while they're outdoors. And the first outdoor skill is actually the Scout motto: to be prepared. Yeah, to help your children have a great experience in the outdoors, we need to give them the gear that they need, basically to be a self-sustaining pod. So that means they need to have some of those ten essentials, the ones that match their skill and ability level. They need to have food. They need to have protective clothing, and they need to have a pack. For the most part, if they were to be temporarily separated from the group, they would have the tools and the supplies that they would need in order to stay hydrated, warm, and protected from the elements. Just the day hike that we did. If you look out the window that morning, that Saturday morning. And it's it's kind of cloudy, and the the road is wet, so you can tell it's been raining, and it's going to rain some more, right? And, and so, as adults, we are registering all these cues in our minds. Okay, we're going to dress warm. We're going to pack rain gear.、Uh, going to have some extra food because we're going to burn more calories. Well, what do the kids do? They walk from inside the house to the van that's inside the garage in their t-shirts with flip flops on. Plop themselves down in the van, and they're ready to go. No thought at all about the fact that once that garage door opens, we're going to go outside. Then we're going to park the van somewhere on the top of a hill, and we're going to hike for a few hours. And they're completely unprepared for that. So it really is something you have to teach over and over to develop those habits with them. Maybe walk them through the steps of what may happen, what could happen, what will happen on that hike. And learning through experience is something that we can allow to happen as well within safe bounds. In fact, we'll talk about that in one of our next tips. I wanted to mention also: it's not only having the equipment and the gear; it's having the skills, and that's at least as big as having the gear. It seems like a person with all the right gear could still fail miserably without the skills. And so, while you're giving your kids the gear. Remember also to give them those skills. The number two outdoor skill that every child should know is how to be still.、And、this is really becoming harder to do in a world where screens and speakers are always playing something distracting. You may hear the phrase "I'm bored." <laughs> you may hear complaining. But you don't feel. I mean, you shouldn't feel like you need to jump in and fix that problem. Usually, when I hear the phrase "I'm bored" when we're on a backpacking trip, it's code for "this is difficult"、uh-huh. and I'm a little uncomfortable.、Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, one of the great things being outdoors was this this concept right here that it exposed me to quiet. Sometimes I was just out in the back four acres. Of my parents' property, all by myself doing something, and I experienced quiet there. And I would hear nature around me—you know, the birds and and animals. That if I were loud with a big group of people, I would never hear those sounds. The animals would just leave. And when I went on scout campouts, a、um, couple of things that were really fun for me that exposed me to quiet.、Uh, one was night hikes, especially a night when the moon is out. But you take a group of kids out in the dark, and you have them turn off all their lights, and you go out, you know, maybe through a meadow, 
And at some point, you just sit down for a while. You look at the stars, you hear the very quiet sounds of nature around, and you just be quiet. And they get this overwhelming sense of reverence as they realize just what an amazing universe they live in. And then the other one that I remember was playing Capture the Flag in the nighttime again. So it was dark out. And so your whole kind of method of operation was stealth. If you could move quietly so that no one would hear you, well, since it was dark, no one would see you either. And so the quietest players were the ones that had the advantage. So that was pretty fun too. And it really is just, I mean, where else do your kids get exposed to quiet other than being out in the wilderness? The number three outdoor skill every child should know is how to solve problems. Sometimes we as parents are so anxious to ensure that our children never experience any discomfort, confusion, awkwardness, or mistakes. So we fix things and we don't really give our children a chance to solve their own problems. Instead of jumping in with a brilliant solution, jump in with a simple question to help them start the process of learning how to solve their own problems. So just a really simple example is, mom, my sleeping pad keeps losing air every night. So what's a question that you could come back with that would help your child solve that problem? Can you figure out why it's losing air? What are your ideas for dealing with that? How should, how should you fix it? And then, is there anything you need from me? That last question doesn't solve the problem for them. It's just a really, I guess, a kind question that shows love and concern for your child, but it still leaves it open for the child to solve the problem using the resources that you have. So maybe, you know, they could say, yeah, I need you to help me hold this down so I can glue it and, you know, things like that. They would use your resources, but they would come up with the idea. Yeah, the point is to get, get it working through their mind. You may help provide the solution, but you want them to come up with the solution. Working through that in their mind is, is, is what's important. I think this is a great skill to learn out backpacking because it's like when we're out backpacking, time takes a different pace. Sometimes when we're at home, we're kind of on this schedule. We're moving from one thing to the next. And lots of times we just feel like we don't have enough time to help a kid work through a problem-solving exercise. When we're out backpacking, at least for me personally, it's a completely different experience. And I feel like I just have all the time in the world, nothing to rush for, really no schedule to keep. And so I'm a lot more patient out there and I can let them take the time they need to work through it. The number four outdoor skill that every child should know is how to assess risk. This is kind of one of Josh's soap boxes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> In general, humans do a very poor job at risk assessment. Did someone else say that? I have no you... idea, but it, it's something I believe pretty strongly. I think we are horrible <laughs> at calculating risk. Yeah, well, for the most part, our children are under our supervision before the trail and on the trail. So we make sure they get out the door with the gear that they need and we stay with them on the trail. However... There are times where the older children in our family will run ahead of the rest of the family. 
uh, so far ahead that we really can't yell their names and have them come running back. Yeah, last fall, uh, the two oldest kids went ahead. We we allowed them to go ahead of us. And as we got to a couple different spots on the trail, I got a little worried because the trail came up to a gravel road and then it picked up on the other side of the road, but it was like 50 feet down the road. And I thought, oh man, what if they came up to the road and just started hiking down the road and didn't realize where the trail took off again? And so I did start to get a little bit worried and I knew that it was getting dark soon. And, uh, and I was looking for any sign of the fact that the two kids were ahead of us, like looking for footprints or to see if they had left some sticks in the trail or something. And then I came to this one spot and something caught my eye. I stooped down and picked it up. It was a Starburst wrapper. And I thought, aha, they've been here. And was much more calm because I knew that they were ahead of us and that we would eventually catch up with them. And when I talked to the kids afterwards, they said they left that there on purpose because they knew we would see it. Well, there are lots of other moments like this when we take our kids out. They want to climb, explore, splash, hide, build things, and collect things. And really, none of those activities are without risk. So every time we go out, they are stretching their risk muscle, and they're building those skills that will help them to expand their limits and decide what activities are worth the risk. Yeah, and and like you said, most of the time, our answer as parents needs to be a yes or a an answer that, I guess, an answer that puts the responsibility on them. So if we automatically say no to everything, then they never experience that decision-making process of figuring out how to calculate and, and assess the risk level. And the number five outdoor skill that every child should know is how to do hard things. Our children, and especially this generation, is made up of children who were born strong. And I guess the irony is that we live in a world now where so many things are made easy or they're made instant. And our children, who have this natural innate strength, don't have as many opportunities to do difficult things. So when we take them outside, we give them those opportunities to show that they can endure, that they can overcome, that they can inspire others around them, and they can conquer the challenges that are placed before them. And these are skills that cannot be taught using worksheets and clever educational videos. These really can only be taught in the outdoor lab. If you haven't heard of Buddy Backpacker, go check it out online. Uh, It's this uh, little boy who has through-hiked multiple trails, including the Pacific Crest Trail, with his parents. Well, what's kind of weird to me is that there are some people who are doubting that he actually hiked the entire trail. They just don't believe it. They think it, it couldn't be possible that a kid that young could do it. And then there are other people who are condemning his parents, you know, for their lack of judgment, making a kid hike that many miles and putting him through that rough of an experience. And I think, what a soft, cushy world we've become. I mean, historically, cars have only been around 100 years. Bikes have only been around a little bit longer. Historically, humans walked everywhere. And some societies were migratory societies. So throughout the course of a year, the entire society, men, women, and children, walked hundreds of miles, moving from one place to another to subsist. We're built for this. 
And we've just become so cushy and protective nowadays that we really do need to get our kids outside so that they can have opportunities to do things that are difficult. Well, as you begin planning your next outdoor adventure, these are all skills that you can begin to teach your children or continue to teach your children. And if necessary, use words. The best teaching is done by example, just getting out there and yeah. experiencing the outdoors. Yeah, it sure is. And these are powerful. It's a powerful list of skills. We called it the top five outdoor skills that your kids need to learn. But really, these are life skills that the outdoors will teach your kids. That's pretty cool. For today's Summit Gear Review, we are reviewing a pack that we talked about in a previous episode that we were really excited about. This is the Gregory Wander Youth Pack, and it's 50 liters. They also have a 70 liter pack, but we feel like it is the best value and the best pack for your child, just because of the huge age range that this pack will cover. So, Basically, it can fit a 10-year-old to an 18-year-old, which is the classic scouting ages. This is one of those packs that you could even kind of maybe sneak into those first few years of adulthood because this pack is built to last. It's made of ripstop polyester. It has an aluminum hoop. That's the internal frame. The adjustment system is Velcro, and that's actually what makes it so adjustable. You pull it apart at the shoulder straps and you can move those shoulder straps up and down. Um, it has a fully adjustable hip belt and they did something kind of clever, which I liked. Instead of having a little pouch on the hip belt, it's actually moved back so it's a side pocket that you can access just as easily. It's right next to the water bottle pocket. Another thing I love about this pack is that you can access the water bottles while you're wearing the pack, which if you've tried on a few packs, you know that not all packs have that feature. Um, it also has an option for if you want to use a hydration system, which I'm not a really big fan of that, but if that's your thing, then this pack uh, you can use a hydration system with. We had our 12-year-old scout try it out and he had some comments about it of things that he really, really liked. He liked the layout of the pack, that he could access his gear from the top of the pack or duffel bag style on the front of the pack. He said that he doesn't like the bottom zipper on most packs because he wants to be able to see everything that's in his pack all at once, not just the stuff on the top and the bottom. The pack has plenty of storage. Not too much, just I think the right amount, the perfect amount. There are two water bottle pockets. There's that small zippered snack pouch that I told you about right behind the water bottle pouch. It has a cavernous lid zippered pocket. You can really put some substantial gear in there. It has a rather large pouch that's attached to the lid on the front. Remember the duffel bag? I said it was duffel bag style. When you open that duffel bag lid, there's a pouch on top of that lid. It comes with a built-in pack cover. There are straps everywhere, so your gear will stay in place. It only weighs three pounds, six ounces. It's fully adjustable. I even tried it on and it fit me. So it's, it's one of those packs that you really could take into adulthood. One of the things that I noticed about it 
It just feels slightly narrower. And I tried on some Gregory packs when I was pack shopping. And I noticed that a lot of the Gregory packs seemed kind of wide. I mean, even the women's Gregory packs were wide. I didn't want wide. I wanted narrow, something that would match my frame. So I even think that this pack would be appropriate for maybe a, a smaller framed woman, even though it's called a youth pack. It's definitely something that women may want to check out. So they have two different sizes within the 50 liter pack. They have a pack size that will fit a torso range of 13 to 18 inches. And then they also have a slightly longer pack that covers torso sizes 15 to 20. This pack comes in at $179, which is a fantastic value for the amount of time that you'll be able to use this. I haven't noticed this on other packs, but I think this is a real stroke of brilliance. On the bottom of this pack, where boys would typically drag the pack, it's made of tougher material than most adult packs. So I thought that was a really nice, just a stroke of brilliance. I loved that. And this one comes in two colors. It comes in a blue with red highlights or, you know, red, what do you call that? Trim. Red trim. <laughs> That's what it's called on cars. Trim. I don't know. <laughs> accents. Is that what it is? Accents, yeah. Blue with red accents. Okay. And then also chlorophyll green with yellow accents. Well, th this pack is a great option. Like Heather said, I mean, what's cool is that they're getting a full quality pack, but with a youth fit. And, and that's great because so many youth items really do cut corners. The straps are thin, the hip belt is kind of a joke, and the zippers break. And so this is a really quality item. Maintenance is really simple. You can just hand wash it in the bathtub with unscented mild detergent, hang it to dry, and make sure that it dries completely. You don't want to deal with mildew issues in any of your gear because once it starts, it's really hard to uh, manage it. You don't have to wash this pack every time you use it. As with all gear, just wash as needed. And this maintenance tip is for the moms out there. If your scout has a pack that has odor issues, there's a way to take care of that. McNett has a product called Mirazyme. It's not something I've used yet but it's something we'll be talking about in a future episode. So I'm going to give you that little heads up tip. Check out Mirazyme, and it's supposed to take odors out of everything. So we'll be reviewing it in the gear maintenance and repair episode coming up really soon. Well, uh, should we move on to our backpack hack of the week? I love it. Yeah, this is food because, of course, <laughs> this is the kids episode and kids love food. Oh my goodness, it's great. So this is one of our family's number one favorite snacks. And it's only got three ingredients and they're all whole food ingredients. So we call these Nashi bars and that's G-N-A-S-H-I. And A has those cute little dots over the top. Oh, of course, no other way. <laughs> this is a word that my dad and I came up with years ago when we were trying to come up with another name for a breakfast cereal and we were just sitting around we were like yeah it's got to sound like it's delicious like you're noshing on it or it's <laughs> just anyway so noshi that's how we came up with that little name so to make noshi bars you take four cups of oats and you can use the quick cooking oats or regular it doesn't matter and put those in a blender because you're trying to make oat flour that's how you make oat flour you just stick oats in a blender Easy enough. Then you take those out of the blender and you add them to a KitchenAid mixer. And to that, you add a half cup of fresh almond butter and a half cup of honey. 
and then you just turn the KitchenAid on until it starts to whine because this is a really uh, dense, thick (laughs) ball of energy. I don't know. What is it? It's not dough because you don't cook it, but we'll just call it dough. So then after you're done mixing it up really well, you're going to put that dough in a gallon Ziploc bag and roll it out with a rolling pin. That makes it really easy to cut into bars because you have this perfect square. So you then cut the bag off and you can slice it into bars or you can slice it into little bite-sized pieces and wrap it up kind of like a Tootsie Roll. You can also just leave it in the bag after you've rolled it out and tear off pieces to eat right out of the bag. Sounds good. If we don't have almond butter, will other nut butters work like peanut butter or? Yeah. Okay. I like almond butter. I think it's great. Oh, yeah. It's a a (laughs) great flavor. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. You can use almond butter, sun nut butter, cashew butter, whatever. And this is one of those really forgiving recipes too. Like you can experiment with it. Like you could probably even add coconut. I've even pureed multivitamins before. Ah, Just a handful of multivitamins. throw those in with the oats when you blend the oats. Yeah. I guess depending on what size you cut them up, I think it makes about 12 to 16 bars. Great. Okay. So to recap, four cups of oats, a half cup each of almond butter and honey. The oats need to be blended in the blender before you mix all these things together and you just get that really thick dough or whatever it's called and no cooking needed. So just stuff it into a Ziploc bag to make it a little easier to roll out and work with and you're ready to go. That's it. Well, I know how much our kids love dad jokes. So for our trail wisdom today, we have a quote from Stephen Wright. And it just reminded me of like when kids ask dad, dad, will you take me to the store? And he says, why don't you walk there? It's within walking distance. Well, Stephen Wright says, everywhere is walking distance if you have the time. And before we go, a couple of reminders. Saturday, June 6th is National Trails Day in the U.S. And the following Saturday, June 13th, is National Get Outdoors Day, where all national parks are free. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. Sweet. The children back. Oh, they also have a couple other kids base later. (laughs) Later. Later. Later, skater. (laughs) Now I'm going to be the cookie guy. (laughs) On the to do list downstairs, someone wrote, Make cookies. Oh, no, I didn't write that, but (laughs) someone wrote it.